0: well. uh, But as you turn there, if you're able to this morning, if you could stand for the reading of God's word, Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 7. Okay, verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended... What does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is God's word. You may be seated. Uh, If you guys would join me in prayer this morning. Father, thank you for your word and just this opportunity right now to to, just to hear your word preached. And God, I pray that we, uh, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would have ears to hear this morning. God, teach us, equip us. enable us to to see you clearly to see the gospel to believe to have faith in you and what you've done and God to be bold and passionate not only worshipers of you but lovers of people we not only want to be worshipers of you God but we want to be missionaries God people that want to spread that worship to the ends of the earth and so help us God uh, as we hear uh, and, and be with us right now speak to us we pray In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, So yeah, so uh, if you guys were here last week, you got to hear a great sermon from Court. It was uh, very good for my soul. Just talked about, um, just kind of in general, I guess, our ability to uh, be people who love God genuinely, but at the same time, constantly like trying to find our pleasure and our joy in the things of this world. And God is constantly very graciously reminding us that it doesn't work that way, right? That we will never be satisfied with the things of the world. Uh, and then in that, he, uh, as he kind of ended the sermon, explained um, that not only are we called to, to love God, but we're called to, to spread the good news of what he's done, right? Not only have we been reconciled to God, but we've been called to reconcile others, right? To so God is making His appeal through us, is what we read in 2 Corinthians 5. And so we are ambassadors, we are representatives of God, and, we, and He is making His appeal to the world to be saved, to find their fullness of joy in Him through us. And so uh, we're going to continue in that theme today, and, and my, my theme is... Uh, that we are equipped for the ministry. That's what I want to talk about today, that we are equipped for the ministry. And so many of you might say, well, I'm not a pastor, so this may not be for me. That's not true. Okay, this is for every believer. And you're going to see here in our text why that is. Um, but just a few things I want to kind of cover. And some of this will overlap with some of the things Court mentioned uh, as we kind of go into this. But uh, the first thing is kind of wave of introduction. I really want to explain like two main things. And, and one is that the church does exist uh, for mission. And I want to talk about what that mission is. And then I want to dive into Ephesians 4. And so first thing is that the church exists for mission. So uh, this for us, especially in our Western culture, is kind of a hard concept sometimes because uh, we do live in a culture, especially a Christian subculture, that is built on uh, consumerism. Okay. Uh, And what consumerism is, is basically you are shopping uh, for around for things that you want right like you need to consume things and you feel like if I can just consume enough it's gonna be good for me right that's gonna satisfy me I don't just mean material things because obviously uh, hopefully you're not coming here to get rich because that's probably not happening but um, we have this consumer mindset with church as well. Not only is that in our, our culture, just in general, but also in church, right? Where we, we literally use the terms we're shopping around for churches, right? And we go in and we see, man, is the preaching going to be exactly how I like it? Is the worship going to be exactly how I like it? Are they're going to have these certain things I'm looking for for my kids? Is there going to be coffee? Because if not, that's going to be a catastrophe, right? If there's no coffee on Sunday morning. And we kind of have this mindset of that we're, we're trying to, to glean. And then also it's like this transaction where we see how little we can put in and how much we can get out, right? Now, I'm not saying everyone does this, but I'm saying we live in a culture, it's this Christian subculture that is based on this, right? Like, can I come and just attend and not be asked anything in my life, right? Uh, And then somehow just kind of escape out the door and just get my Christian fix for the week, get to go to church and get my spiritual high and then come back next week and do that, right? Uh, And so we kind of come in sometimes with the mindset of what can we we gain from it. But um, the issue with this is, is that we, as a body, as the body of Christ, as a church, we exist for mission. Okay? Um, so the, the church of God is not merely a place where we can consume, it's not merely a place where we come for healing and restoration in our lives, and is also not uh, merely a place where we come for our own worship preferences, but the church is not a place, it is a people on mission. And that's a very important distinction. I'm guilty of this too. I tell my son all the time, we're going to church, all right? It'd be more like we're going to the church, right? To hang out with the church kind of thing. But the church is a people on mission. That's who we are. It is literally at the center of our DNA. A church that is not missional uh, is is not the church, right? And like I said, it's not just something that we do. Missions is not something that we do. It's who we are. It should be at the very core of the church. C.S. Lewis said this, uh, he said, in the same way, the church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ and to make them little Christ, is what Christian means. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. Now before you call him a heretic, I know there's things at stake here like the glory of God. You just say the Bible was a waste of time would be uh, bad, but the heart of what C.S. Lewis is getting at is all the things that we do as a church, all the programs that we run, all the things that we get involved in, all the things that we love, which can be very good things if mission is not at the center of it. It is a waste of time because mission is at the center of God's heart, right? or maybe to define it a little better because we're not just wanting to be on mission and to reach people for the sake of being on mission. uh, But as John Piper would say, he wrote a book called Let the Nations Be Glad. It's a great resource I'd recommend. Uh, And he basically said that missions exist because worship doesn't, right? And so the the end goal is that God will be worshiped. God's purpose from creation To at the end when he restores all things back to the way it was and we enter into the new heavens and new earth for eternity. God's purpose has always been and will always be, right, um, to display his glory and to be worshipped. And so missions is us jumping on that train, right? jumping on God's purpose, jumping into what God has been doing since the beginning of time, right? as we know it. Um, and, and it's it's fulfilling that purpose, right? It's creating, even though God's doing the creating, right? it's creating worshipers for him and us continuing to growing in our worship for him, growing in our awe for him. And so uh, this is what God's always been doing. Uh, there's a quote, um, Greg Gilbert and Kevin DeYoung wrote a book about mission. I have not read the book personally, but I've read blogs on the book, and I got this quote that I thought was a really good explanation of kind of, uh, maybe defining this a little better for us. Here's what it says. The church acts as a sort of embassy for the government of the king. It is an outpost of the kingdom of God surrounded by the kingdom of darkness. And just as the embassy of a nation is meant, at least in part, to showcase the life of that nation to the surrounding people, so the church is meant to manifest the life of the kingdom of God to the world around it. And so I love that. You know, Corey and I were talking about this sermon uh, earlier this week and we talked about that word outpost and it's cool because you know, an outpost uh, or an embassy, right, is kind of like a representation in a country. The outpost has more of like a a kind of military word, right, like it's an outpost uh, for the conquest that is happening, right? And so just as Corey talked about last week, us being ambassadors, we're representing the king. Okay, so you get this mindset that we exist here on earth, kind of in a war, right? And the war is not to destroy uh, people, but the war is to destroy the darkness, right? And to create worshipers of God that the light may win because the light casts out darkness, right? That's why Paul uses the imagery of us as being good soldiers, right? Like in 2 Timothy, for instance, he says that no uh, good soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, right? Because his aim is to please the one who enlists him. And so my my point in all this is that we we do have an aim here. We have purpose. And this is important because um, I, I think a lot of us, we desire purpose, right? Uh, if we don't have purpose, we don't feel like what we're doing is meaningful. That just feels like such a waste of time. Uh, some people kind of like that, right? i like, just rather have no purpose. I just coast by, no responsibility, right? Uh, but majority of us would probably say we want to be meaningful, right? Like We want our life to have purpose. We want what we're doing in life to be meaningful. And so this is a great way to gauge that because this is what we were created to do, right? To join in the worship of the king and to bring others into joining the worship of the king. And so, mission brings us purpose in every single thing that we do. That doesn't mean we all have to get up and move to a foreign country, um, though some may do that, but it does mean that wherever we're at, whatever we're doing, we are missionaries first, right? Um, and that's important to our identity and what we're doing. Um, but not only that, we also gotta talk about what the, what the mission is a, a little more clearly, like how does this work out? And, and I wanna turn just to Matthew 28 for just, just one moment. Uh, this is the Great Commission um, and it says this in verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so I think Jesus gives a pretty clear picture of what the mission is here, okay? Uh, It's like a twofold thing. You can't have one without the other. We are one called to uh, bring people into the kingdom of God. Okay, so making disciples, creating disciples. There, people are being brought from death to life, right? From uh, non-believer to believer, brought into the kingdom of God, believing in Jesus Christ. Why so it says uh, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're baptized when you believe, uh, and then also um, teach, it says teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Right. So teaching them obedience. So there's also this making of the disciple and this maturing as we kind of oh although making would be both being created into a disciple and maturing. But so there's this growth in the body of Christ and there's just becoming a part of the body of Christ. And that's what we kind of see in our text in Ephesians 4. But you can't have one without the other. You can't say, okay, here's our mission. We're gonna go and we're just gonna preach the gospel and get many people to believe and then we're not gonna do anything with them. We're just gonna leave them exactly where they were. It's gonna be no training, no learning about Jesus, no learning how to observe what he's commanded. And that is a very one-sided bad missional strategy, right? Because then you get a lot of immature believers who have no idea what to do. And then you got the opposite where you could say, you know what, we're not gonna go and try to get people in. We're just gonna stick with our small little group here, just our home group. We're not ever gonna outreach, right? We're just gonna grow so we can be these awesome giants in the faith. But that is also very one-sided because you may think that you're growing, right? But, then, but obviously you're not reaching out, which is a part of our growth. It's part of what God has designed uh, for his body. And so it is both and. Uh, and so now, transitioning to our text, not only is it both things, But according to this passage and others, it is also very important that we are equipped for this. And that's kind of what I wanna talk about today is being equipped for ministry, okay? And I'm not talking about necessarily in a seminary or anything like that, but God has designed the body of Christ to be a place where we are equipped, where we are trained, right? Like just like, you know, we use the military analogy, just like we wouldn't just take a bunch of people that were accountants and say, go and defend our country, right, without any training, First, we would take those accounts and we would teach them how to hold a gun and how to do certain things, right? I know we're in Texas and everyone knows how to hold a gun, okay, but uh, outside of this state, you know, there's people that don't know how to hold guns. It's a true story, okay? So we would train them, right? We would train them in the art of strategy and military and then send uh, them out. And so for us, it doesn't mean we have to be like, wait till like we're fully trained and then we can go, but it does mean that we should be being equipped, right? being equipped for the work of ministry. Everyone is called to ministry. Everyone is called to make disciples, to, to reach uh, a world that is dying. Uh, but we also got to be equipped for that and I hope that's encouraging because uh, I feel like if I was just on my own to do it That I would have no idea what to do But being equipped by the body of Christ is such an awesome thing because it gives me uh, some confidence Obviously our confidence is always in the Lord, but it's good to be equipped And so I just got three questions I want to ask in this text Ephesians 4 and we're just going to kind of go roll through it And look at these uh, three questions here So um, the first question is, how are we equipped for ministry? Okay, or you could word it another way. Who, who does the equipping? What does this look like for us? Um, so let's look to Ephesians four. Um, starting in, uh, let's just read verse 11 and 12. Um, actually, let's read, yes, 11 and 12 is fine. Let's read 11 and 12. Uh, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Um, so my, my, my first thing under this is, is how are we equipped or by whom are we equipped? It's the leaders of the church, okay? Now I know the American inside of you just twinged a little bit, but let me kind of just break this out what this means, okay? And so uh, God has put leaders in place in the church to equip us for the work of ministry. That word saint is everyone that believes in, in Christ. It's not like a special elite of Christian. And so the leaders of the church have been given. Now, if you got nervous, if I was about to go into the five-fold ministry scheme here, I'm not going to do that. I know there'll be a bunch of things here, uh, theologically, that uh, we're just not going to get into today. Uh, But what I want to say is that God has gifted leaders and then he has gifted them to the church to be equipped for the mission of God. That's an awesome thing, right? Like God cares about us. He put this in place that we would be equipped. And so the main ministry, if you will, is not actually what's done, uh, by the ministers, as we would call them, but what's what is done every day by the saints of God. That is the, uh, I don't want to call it the real ministry because it's too one-sided, but th- that is the main ministry that is going on. And so uh, the people that exist as pastors in the church are given to the church, right, the leaders, uh, so that um, the church can be equipped for the work of ministry. And we'll talk about what it means for the work of ministry here in a second, which kind of already defined it, but... so. I would say, therefore, uh, a commitment to not submit—and uh, I know that submit is as it can be a little bit of a hard word—or uh, but I'm just going to use it because I can't think of a better one right now. Uh, so, a commitment to not submit under the leadership of the local church will be a commitment uh, to not be equipped for the work of ministry that you've been called to do. So. What we gotta understand is this is God's design, okay? I know we live in a culture where, like I said, that's why I mentioned that we were Americans, right? Because uh, we wanna do things ourselves, right? If someone else is over us trying to tell us what to do, we say, I can do it better, right? Like, that's how we have operated at, as a people. But God has designed it for your good and for His glory, that there would be shepherds and teachers over us that would equip us for the work of ministry. And so we must commit to uh, submitting under this leadership and this training. So we must fight against the culture that we have among us. And so how is this happening? Just to name a few, and I wanna read a text to kind of clarify this a little bit, but to name a few, uh, how are the leaders of the church uh, doing this for us? One, uh, as we sit under the preached and teached word of God that is equipping us, right? through the power of the Holy Spirit, um, as the leaders of the church lead exemplary lives, that is equipping us and training us on how to be missionaries. And then also as they they shepherd us through the toils and suffering of this life. Uh, Once again, God through the leaders, through the gifting of leaders is doing that in us. And so uh, as we are part of the local church, as we're sitting under the preach and teach word, as we are looking at the lives. Uh, that's why there's a big standard that's held you know, uh, for leaders in the church. So you read uh, 1 Timothy 3, you read Titus 1, and other various texts that, that give you exhortations. We're going to read one right now out of 1 Peter. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 1, says this. And this is a good text for any leader or aspiring leader. It says, So I exhort the elders among you, Of glory, so there is a, a weight here, which is the glory of God, right? The honoring of God that that the shepherds of the church would shepherd with patience, with joy, with eagerness, not with a haughtiness, right? Not not like oh, you're going to submit to me because I'm leading, you got to do whatever I say. I've seen a lot of churches that operate that way. That's not how the church is supposed to operate. the The pastors and leaders of the church should not be seen as a, maybe Paul would say super apostles, right? Or super leaders, or super Christians but as everyday Christians who God has uniquely called and gifted to help equip the saints for the work of ministry. And so it's not this office that should be elevated to an extreme, though I think there should be honoring of of the leaders of of our church. But it is a weighty office, right? And, and they are called uh, to, through various means, to, to lead us and guide us and help equip us. And so, uh, but all of this, like I said, is done for the glory of God and not for selfish gain. It's to serve the body. We've all been gifted to serve the body. And we'll talk about that in a second. And so if you are a leader or an aspiring leader, these are our, uh, an honor, but also weighty texts to think about that we should consider. So not only are we equipped by leaders, but I think also the text would say that we are equipped by the fellow saints too. Uh, And I wanna look at verse seven, and we're gonna read down through uh, verse 12 again. It says, but but grace was given to each one of you, uh, or each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth, He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles and the prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Uh, And then it goes ongoing, we'll read some other stuff, but basically it says when God ascended, right? And we know what happened in this transaction because God told us that it would be, Jesus specifically said it would be better for him to leave Right, One, that he might fulfill the scriptures, but two, that he might send the Holy Spirit. And when he did that, he has gifted us, the saints, right? and I believe he's gifted us to help build the body of Christ, to build one another up, which the text has said. Um, and so, these saints are equipped by God through leaders, and they also begin to partake themselves in the building up of the body of Christ and helping to further equip one another. So all of you have been gifted by God, both spiritually and naturally for the upbuilding of the body of Christ, okay? So no one escapes this. Everyone has been gifted by God if you are in Christ, okay? Um, And it may be a, a variety of different gifts. Like I said, there's spiritual gifts, right? We've talked on that recently. You've been gifted spiritually at the new birth, but also naturally at your first birth, you've also been given gifts. And it's also equally as important that you use those natural gifts also in the kingdom of God and the upbuilding of the church. It is not only the people that get on a stage that are gifted, right? Every single saint has gifts given by God, the resurrected king, when he ascended, and we get to joyfully use those for the upbuilding and equipping of the body for mission. This is why it's so important that we engage in the life of the church, right? That we engage in our home groups, that we don't just come in here and check out, that we don't just come in here to consume, as Court said last week, it is so important that you come in and realize that you have something to offer here, right? And for you to not offer that, that would be a selfish thing, and that would be harmful, a harmful thing. And I know you might say, well, I don't really have many, many gifts at all. I can't think of anything I would be gifted. I would encourage you to pray about that and, and to talk to people, um, because you are gifted by God. Is there a promise in Scripture, um, Everyone that is redeemed by Christ is gifted for ministry. So no one can escape. Everyone must contribute. We are all uniquely designed to be a part of the body, to fill a unique purpose. And to use Paul's analogy that we've been using, uh, cause he uses the body a lot. We've been using that throughout the series. And I'm sure it's getting a little old maybe to hear, uh, but there are different functions. And so some functions will be more seen, more honored, to the naked eye, right? And some will be more hidden, uh, more humble, if you will. Um, But we know that there is no distinction here of one is more honorable than the other. All of our gifts are important and used um, to build up the body. We've all been uniquely designed that way. And so you are gifted. Um, Let's look at 1 Peter, again, but chapter four. This is what it says to the saints. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so I love this because uh, one, this text reminds me of two things. One is that you were given your gifts by the grace of God. Therefore, you can't boast in them, right? So you don't have giftings because you're awesome. It wasn't that God looked at you and said, man, that guy's going to be used or that gal is going to be awesome. I'm going to use her in this capacity. No, God just gave varied gifts because he is loving, right? And he wanted to do that and designed it that way. And so all of our giftings that we have, whether honored because it's seen by all, or whether not honored because it's seen by none, all of it is but grace. And so we should never feel um, Like we, you know, we should never feel good about ourselves in that sense. It's all by God's grace. It's nothing we earn. But also, um, not only have you been given gifts by the grace of God, but it is for serving one another. It's for one another. You weren't giving a gift for you. And so, to be prideful in your gift is just silly because you weren't given it so that people would like you. You were given it so that you could upbuild the body. And so, it's important that we look at our gifts this way because it's so easy uh, to get that muddle. Uh, but it's so beautiful and awesome and so uplifting and upbuilding for the mission of God, for the equipping of the saints, when we can humbly walk in our gifts with confidence that we have in Christ. Um, and so just know that it's not just leaders doing the equipping it's also the saints we are building one another up and so my second question is what is the aim of our ministry so we talked about how we are equipped for the ministry so what is our aim Um, and continuing on and I know I've already read this but just want to do it for the sake of uh, we're going to read 12 to the end it says to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so my short answer would be um, the aim of our ministry is the upbuilding of the body of Christ. And like I explained earlier, that really is twofold, right? I believe that's adding members to the body and then also uh, maturing the body. And and so there's a few things that happen here, okay? So our aim is to upbuild the body of Christ. So what does that mean to be built up? We're gonna reference this. And when I name these things, I I want it just to be important. I know I'm reiterating this a lot, but these aren't to-dos here. We look at the unity of faith and the knowledge of Jesus Christ and maturity of Christ likeness. We're not saying these are to do's that you better write down your to do list and go do, okay? These are things that the spirit works in us as we equip and upbuild one another. These are fruits of the Holy Spirit, if you will. These aren't something we produce by a task list. And it's also important to remember that um, these are not just individual things that we're shooting for, but these are corporate things. The body of Christ, the local church that we're a part of, it's a corporate thing that we are aiming for. Uh, to building up the body of Christ. It's not just individual things. Um, so here, I just can sum them up in three. One is unity. Uh, it said that basically, uh, that we're building up the body of Christ so that we may attain unity in faith and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so in what we believe, okay, and, and what we hold fast to and what we hold tightly to and in our faith with the Lord Jesus Christ, we are unified in that. And As new members are brought on, they are unified in that as well with us. So it brings unity, okay? When there is a church that is very divisive and uncoordinated, if you will, and there's no unity there, it's probably because the, the church is not being built up. The body of Christ is not being built up. This brings unity among us. Now, that doesn't mean every single nuanced theology we will agree upon, or every single way of ministry and how we do church we will agree upon, but it does mean that there is a core that keeps us in brotherly love, right? Um, tightly knit together, on mission together, for the glory of God together. That is important to have. Amen. It's beautiful. Not only that, but maturity or Christ-likeness, okay? Uh, to be like Christ should be the aim of our life. I love Paul when he's writing to the church in Galatians in four, uh, chapter 419. He says that, he says, I am in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Okay, I'm sure Paul didn't really know what that Felt like if you have given birth you do know what that feels like if you had an epidural you probably halfly know what that feels like I'm just kidding but you get it It's an anguish right Paul said I am in anguish the anguish of childbirth that Christ might be formed in you he was passionate about this right as Brendan read earlier about like uh, all right being lost for the sake of knowing Christ Jesus we want to be like him we want to be found like him we want to be formed into his image this is our desire We don't wanna live like we have lived, right? We want to um, be free from our sin and to be like our precious savior. And though we know for sure that will not happen in this life, we know he's gonna make us like him in the twinkling of an eye, as the Bible says, right? In a moment. And so we're excited for that day, but we long uh, as close as we can to be like Christ now, right? We wanna be like him. And this is a sign that the body of Christ is being built up. And we begin to look like Jesus. We begin to walk like Jesus walked. We begin to serve like Jesus served. We begin to love like Jesus loved. And we desire this should be the aim of our lives that we would look like him. Man, it's an honor. And we should encourage one another to that end, not just pick and point out all the ways you don't look like him, but encourage and spur one another on to look like Christ. So important. So that's another sign or another thing that's going on here as we build up the body of Christ. And then the last one is protection uh, from deceitful doctrine and schemes of the world and Satan. I know it's kind of long, but uh, it says basically there that that we wouldn't be tossed to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine and the schemes of of the craftiness of the world, basically that we wouldn't be deceived. Um, There is this awesome thing that happens in the body of Christ that as we speak the truth of God in love to one another, that it keeps us from deception. That's a big deal, right? If you've just turned on the news lately, you can see that there's a lot of deception in our day, isn't there? and there's nothing new in the sun it's always been that way but the world is deceived I mean some of the things that people believe about God and about how the world should operate is crazy to me I look at it I'm just like that's insane like I can't even, how would you even come to that conclusion Christian or not Christian right there's deception always and even in the church there's always deception lurking right in First Peter 5 as you continue a little bit it talks about right satan is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking people to devour right and so there's constant uh uh battle and affront to the church of god the body of christ and as we dwell in unity as we seek one another's maturity and as we're becoming more like christ we are protected from as we speak the truth and love to one another uh from deceitful doctrine and schemes of the enemy and of the world and that is important um, so rather than being deceived, we are enlightened by the truth, and that's God's grace there. It's uh, the upbuilding of the, the body. Um, so in doing this, to kind of end this little portion here, in doing all of these things, we are to grow up in every way into Christ, who is the head. So like I said, it's our ultimate goal. That's what we're going for. Um, So now I want to give just a little bit of practical application before I move on to my last point. Um, Just a few things, and I've kind of already said these things, but just to make it clear, there's a few things I would just like to really push practically, okay? Because, um, you know, we're obviously talking about how this works together in the church, but I don't want to leave you just hanging without any handles. Uh, And so my, I just got really one thing, but kind of broken out into two, is one, that, that we should be really encouraged to engage in the life of the local church. And I'm not saying this with any pretense of, we want to get as many people here in province as you can, or something like that. Or, you know, we feel like so good when a certain amount of people attend things. That's not, not the heart at all. But God has, he's designed it that way. If you're not a part of the body of Christ, if you're not actively engaged in the body of Christ, you are outside of God's design for your growth and joy. Right? Like that's why he's designed it this way. That's why he didn't just zap us up when we were saved. Um, because he has designed it that we would engage. And so how can you speak the truth in love if you're not in community with one another? How can you be equipped by the leaders of the church if you're not in the church, right? It's just practical application that we, we should do this. We, want, we long to be uh, equipped, right? We want to fulfill the mission of God. We want to have joy. We want to be purposeful in what we do, and we cannot do that outside of the body. And um, so it's important that we, we find I and mean, that we're a part of a body that we can submit to, that we can joyfully work in and that we engage in the, the life of the local church. Um, very practically too, I mean, uh, we're going to be, and we'll be talking about this here in our invitations, but we're going to be also be uh, launching the, what we call the Providence Road Academy. Uh, and this is basically the discipleship training program. We're just kind of rebranding it a little bit, kind of pumping it up. And so uh, this is something that um, would be so awesome for further equipping. It's nothing crazy that we do in there. It's not a commitment to you know, uh, full-time school or anything like that. It's just us getting together and talking about these things, like, like how we can better engage our city and be equipped for the work of God, for the mission of God, and having just interactive dialogue and talk and teaching on that in the Bible. And so um, that's another way. You know, you're feeling like, man, I feel totally unequipped to do anything for God. This is a great opportunity. You have opportunities in front of you. And so it's important that we, we, we live in those opportunities. We, we take advantage of them so we could grow. But I want to talk about... Uh, What is the power of our ministry? This is important because we talked about how we're equipped. We talked about what the ministry was, but what is the power behind what we're doing? What is the source of what we're doing? Um, And I would say simply that the power of our ministry is Christ in his resurrection. It's not our gifting and abilities. It's not our persuasiveness, right? Though we do persuade men, it is the power of our of Christ Jesus in the gospel. That's why I love he talks about the ascension of Christ here, right? It says that he He who is the one that descended to the low parts of the earth is also he who ascended, right, into the heavens, and so that he might fulfill all things. So all things that were prophesied for him. I think also that means sending his spirit to fill the body of Christ that we may see the mission of God Uh, completed. Um, I love this. So it is so important that we understand that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is the very power of our speaking the gospel. That's why the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's why we have confidence and boldness in proclaiming the gospel. So this Jesus, who though God descended down to earth and took on the form of man, lived the perfect life that you and I could never live, loved the world with perfect love, died in our place, was buried in the ground, and then rose from the grave With the victory of sin and death in his hand, he ascended into heaven. He took his place at the right hand of the throne of God and he won our eternal security and filled all things in himself. This is our power. This is our motivation. This is what we proclaim. This is why we preach the gospel. This is why we long for the body of Christ to be fulfilled. It's in him, right? This is his resurrection. So um, as we kind of... uh, turn to community. I just want to remind us that um, when we talk about the mission of God we talk about fulfilling this mission being equipped for a mission and we talk about the power of what we do it's important that we're reminded that um, we are not going to be perfect missionaries right as a church we're not going to be perfect Jesus is the perfect missionary right he's the one that came and won us, right? Like we look at his example, he was the perfect missionary. He's the one that loved perfectly. He's the one that proclaimed the gospel perfectly. He's the one that lived the gospel perfectly. He was the one that uh, was Christ-like because obviously he's Christ, right? And so he is the perfect fulfillment of uh, of what we are longing for. And so my, my prayer for us is that we would just be kind of in the same vein of last week, just so encouraged in the gospel of God so encouraged in what Jesus has won for us. Um, and that this would get us excited about being equipped and growing in grace and reaching the world and inviting others into what Christ has invited us into. This is so important, right? Like that's why we long to share with others the gospel of God, because we want them to share in the worship and the joy and the glory that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so in light of that, I want to celebrate together, We celebrate and be encouraged uh, by taking communion. We do this every week because it's so important, right? It's so important that we're reminded of the gospel, that we celebrate the victory as we remember the victory that Jesus Christ won and and that we are strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit of God through remembering the gospel. And so um, you guys can stand, and and I'll just say... um, Yeah, for the believer, let us remember the the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us remember what he's won for us. Let us remember that we are totally loved in him. We are totally gifted in him for the upbuilding of the body. uh, And we rejoice in that. We are honored in that. We know it is not our gain. It is not our own doing. And so um, let's remember the gospel. Let's remember what he's done for us. And for the non-believer, like we say every week, we just ask you not to partake. We ask you instead to consider Christ, consider Christ, consider his free offer of grace and salvation and joy to you this morning. Um, Because for you right now, this would just be some awesome bread and juice. It would not be uh, anything meaningful. And so um, we just ask that you you do that. There's also gonna be prayer volunteers on the sides of the sanctuary that it would be awesome for you to make use of and and to go pray with them. Uh, We'll also have a prayer of belief on the screen. Uh, we think this in no way saves anyone, but is a, a, we think a helpful guide as you're kind of working through what's going on in your heart that you could pray along or, or even just be um, spurred on to ask questions to maybe a prayer partner or something like that. And so, um, but let's turn to the text together in 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Um, So yeah, I just want to pray for us, and then we'll take. um, We also do have a a gluten-free option up here for those who need it. So if you guys would just join me uh, in prayer. Father, thank you so much. uh, that we have a reason to celebrate. God, we have absolute confidence right now because you have won that confidence for us by dying in our place and by um, rising again from the dead. God, you have won our eternal uh, hope, our eternal victory, our eternal joy. And God, now as your body, you are calling us. You have gifted us and you have called us to equip one another for the work of ministry, to submit under the leadership of the church, that we may, God, um, be faithful missionaries. God, that we may reach the world with this gospel, and God, let that be the desire of Providence Community Church. We say it every week, God, we wanna make the gospel of Jesus Christ unignorable in our city. So God, remind us right now of that gospel. Remind us that we have a reason to worship passionately. We have a reason to sing for joy as we're commanded to do in your word. We have a reason to have confidence and to walk out of here with a smile no matter what is going on in our lives. And so God, open our eyes, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Providence, you can come and take